You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, a podcaster who's hoping to learn more about the craft by talking to fellow broadcasters. Yes, hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic. I am Chris Enns, your host, and... This week, after uh, a, a week, a bye week, as they say in sports ball, I think it's called, uh, an off week anyways, last week I was away, and so thanks for coming back if you if you were anxiously awaiting on Tuesday last week, refreshing, looking for an episode. There was none, I was away on holidays but um, with the family, but I'm re- back, recovered, and ready to record, although I messed up my time zones again this week. So <laughs> I'm joined this week by Brett Terpstra. Hey, Brett. Hey, how's it going? I'm well. How are you? I am awesome. Awesome. That's that's awesome. So, uh, by way of a quick introduction, um, you're the, well for the purposes of this show, anyways. You're you're a host of your own podcast called Systematic over on Five by Five. I'm I'm sort of steadily knocking off my Five by Five host play card, <laughs> bingo card. <laughs> Not intentionally by any means. It sort of just happens to. Every few episodes here, I guess. Well, I guess Stephen Hackett last episode is on 5x5 as well. So, yeah. Anyways, there's just what everybody in podcasting is on 5x5 in some form. So, um, anyways, you're a host of Systematic, which is now up to, as as of uh, just this morning, I think, up to 57 episodes. Yeah. Uh, your most recent one was with Dr. Drang. You've, yeah, that one was a blast. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen. That's queued up. But, uh, and I, I'm so far behind in podcasts that actually I think it was about a week ago now but I finally listened to your uh interview with Rob Cordry <laughs> so that tells you how <laughs> how backed up I am but uh what's the your your show is great in that it, it's kind of just like ra- from outsider's perspective anyway it seems to be sort of random guests but there's there's definitely a driving sort of current through that through it all but uh what's your goal and what's your sort of purpose with the show I just like to talk to people who are really good at what they do and find out about how they do it. Not just, it's not really a workflow show as much as it is um, just finding out the personalities behind people who are who excel in their field. Yeah, that's what kind of keeps it interesting and, and uh, you never sort of know who's going to... It's not your... You're obviously a, a bit of a... For folks who know you outside of podcasting, you're an automator... Not automator. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? workflow focused kind of guy and, and yeah. programmer and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and actually I had you on another show uh, a while back, actually when you first launched systematic, which the other show that I have called welcome to the internet, which actually ironically enough is the last episode I recorded of that show. So hopefully it doesn't <laughs> bode <laughs> the same <laughs> word or news for this show. But, uh, but no, it's, uh, um, it's, it's, yeah, you're an interesting guy who does a lot of different stuff online and your, your, uh, but your show itself is, is great to follow and, and keep up with random folks. You, I noticed, um, you've had your brother on recently, your wife was on one time. Uh, is there any other terpstras I'm missing that I, I was trying no, to quickly No, not, not that have been on. <laughs> I, I, I do have a sister, but she has not been on yet. Well, look beyond curtain number two, Brett. This, you know. <laughs> no, um, uh, but yeah, that's a, it's an interesting show that, that allows for kind of a, you know, you're not locked into anything. Although, like your byline says, a weekly discussion about creativity, productivity, productivity, work, and everything Mac and iOS. But obviously, you you stray from that fairly willingly and uh, yes. with much uh, good reward, I guess, by doing that. So, um, 
digging into a bit of going to workflow stuff um, with the variety of guests you have, it's not as predictable. Like, you know, for this show, I can, um, let's say I mess up, mess up time zones and I'm not quite as prepared as I usually am <laughs> with my interviews. I still follow a, a general kind of flow for the show, whereas yours, you're kind of all over the map sometimes in terms of who's on and, and what their, the focus might be and why you might be talking to them. What, how do you prepare for an interview with, uh, with somebody like a Dr. Drang or whoever it might be that you're, you're having on? I follow a very rigorous schedule of um, not preparing. Do you? Okay, <laughs> this could be the, this will be the short segment of the show. Then. <laughs> so you really you just like uh, aside from, obviously you know them in some form, but you're right. You kind of just wing it as well, a, yeah. I mean, I, I if I don't know anything about the person, I'll see what I can dig up. But in most cases, I I contacted them because I know enough about them that I have questions to ask, and. Generally, you know, we'll chat for 10 minutes before the show starts and I'll take some notes and then just ask them for more details on the things that <laughs> interest me and see where the conversation goes. Yeah, that's what I think it's that's what's interesting about the show. It feels you can I can listening to the episodes, I can hear it's a bit like off the cuff and doesn't feel like as which I, again, I'm I'm really good at backhanded compliments, but it doesn't feel like a overproduced, uh, really professional show in that sense from that angle. Well, I like. I like to consider it organic. Yeah, which I think that's it allows for people who are listening to just have listen in on the conversation that you're having and and not be stuck on following a, a routine and and things like right. that. So, yeah, I like it. I like it. Which actually makes you an interesting person to interview because I was thinking back to our chat. I forget what year or how long ago that was, but it's uh, I'll have the link in the show notes, which you can find at sskTN.com slash uh, show me your mic s m y m and this will be episode 26 of, of Show Me Your Mic. But uh, it was episode seven, uh, sorry, 21 of my show, Welcome to the Internet, when I had you on. And, and it is an, you're an interesting guest to chat with, too, because um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're, you're a good processor of the conversation at hand, if that makes sense. And, uh, and I remember not, sure, not being sure of how well the show or the interview ch- went with you because you had, there's pauses and kind of just room for thought and that sometimes makes podcasters nervous to have it does and it used to make me nervous but i've found that as long as a pause is followed by something uh substantial (laughs) people immediately forgive the pause like if you just pause and then said yeah okay you know then everyone's everyone knows you're not really paying attention (laughs) but if it was a thoughtful pause followed by a thoughtful response yeah i think uh i think it actually adds to you could call it drama of the conversation. Mm -hmm. If everything's too fast, rapid fire back and forth, it sounds canned. People don't generally think like that. Yeah. And that's what I think going back to when I chatted with you last time and then hearing your show, like, you know, obviously going, I haven't, I don't think I've listened to, well, I haven't listened to every 50, all 57 episodes, but hearing a bunch of them anyways, and recognizing you for how you actually talk so obviously but i think when i talked to you i'd probably just followed you on twitter read your blog posts and was kind of like he'd be an interesting guy to talk to it actually (laughs) not to go too meta on podcasting here but (laughs) in hindsight it was kind of like oh this is actually the guy and he is i think it would have made for a better interview so that's why partly why i was excited to have you back on on a different show and to maybe uh now now that i know the real bread (laughs) i guess is what i'm trying to say um so then as far as, uh, let's see, other workflows with, with podcasting, you uh, say something like show notes when you're, when you're actually recording the show. And we'll get to gear and stuff in a minute, but um, 
I'm curious, being the kind of guy you're known for with workflows and markdowns and uh, all sorts of automated stuff on your machine that you run, uh, do you do anything fancy as far as recording show notes? Um, not I mean, I, well, when I start the show, I have a text expander snippet that's fill ins and it gives me blank spots to, to paste in any sponsor scripts I need to read. It lays out a block format that, you know, lets, it gives me blank spaces for general topics for each block. And then I have my top three picks block and that gives me three blank spaces to fill in top picks. And then I keep it, I keep everything in NVLT and just keep, create a show notes page for each episode or note for each episode and then fill in the blanks. And then I pop up the preview window uh, and pin it. And in NVL, you can pin a window so that it doesn't change as you type or and it doesn't go away when you switch away. So that becomes my kind of uh, stay in place show notes for the episode. And then I just copy what needs to be copied out as HTML and drop it into the five by five CMS and away we go. Interesting. And uh, as far as links go, I, I just open Safari and just I open a tab every time someone mentions something. Um, Dan has it set up so that we can instantly draft everything to like the show notes. But I don't use that. I don't know why. I just open all these tabs in a new window and then I have a script that goes through and su- submits them to Dan's draft tool. At the end. Right. It works. Yeah, which is one of the things that uh, why you originally come across, I think, my uh, whatever plate. Is that your Markdown Services Tools? Is that what I'm thinking of? No. Where is it? I'm just looking through your projects. The the Safari. Don't you have that as a project, the Safari tabs to? Yeah, there is actually in the Markdown Service Tools, there is a service that will grab yeah. all the tabs from the front window and make a Markdown list out of them. Right. And that's what, yeah, just for... Speaking of show notes, for my own show notes to throw that in there, um, which is one of those things that I always forget. I, I have so many of, I think probably many of your uh, services and, and shortcuts and things installed that you've done over the years. And then I always just forget to use them. And I'm, and then I'm just like spending whatever, 10 minutes copying and pasting from each tab, closing a tab. And then I, when I'm done, I'll think there's got to be a shorter. Oh yeah, right. There is a shorter way. I just keep forgetting to use it. So yeah, I, I, that's, that's a process I hate. That's I have I have multiple tools for quickly gathering links without having to think about it. Do you ever see Search Link? Search Link, no. Uh, that's one that lets you as if you're writing a blog post, you can you can wrap things in square brackets like you would in Markdown, and then in parentheses after it, you put an exclamation point and then what kind of search to run. Like if it's a Mac App Store search or a uh, an Amazon search or a Google search or a software search. And so, like, if I wanted to search for an application that I knew was in the App Store, I could put exclamation part ma exclamation point mas in parentheses, and then at the end I run search link on it, and it goes through and it finds all of those, runs the specific search, and updates the link with the actual link to the App Store with my affiliate information and everything built in. <laughs> Saves so much time. I never have to open a browser when I'm blogging. Holy cow! Yeah. I'm just you're uh, you're blowing my mind as we record here. I'm not uh, <laughs> just thinking of yeah for both for show notes I can see someone using it that way and then also yeah of course blogging too like when you're writing up your post or whatever for the episode that you're posting or or whatever that's awesome and then yeah with the affiliate link right in there too if you happen to be so inclined 
Yeah. That's awesome. It's good to have people like you on the internet, I think, Brett. That saves us all a lot of time. <laughs> it's a good place for people like me to be. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't serve a lot of... Uh, we're, we're not very useful at things like parties and uh, everyday life. Right. <laughs> so in your... I know, not to go down too far down a rabbit trail, but that brings up an interesting point of... In your day job, I know you're, uh, I guess, with, we're still with AOL and, and working sort of behind the scenes. Is that correct? Yes. And so in that, I would imagine in that capacity, there's a lot of folks there who do appreciate the kind of stuff you do, right? And, and the, the shortcuts and the codes and the projects that you, you've created. Uh, whereas if you were, say, working at insurance company X or whatever, and we're supposed to be selling insurance, but on the side, you had all these projects <laughs> that you were doing and kind of like uh, pitching them to people, they'd get kind of like tired of, okay, we're just going to keep typing and doing our normal thing and not worry. You'd be surprised, actually. Yeah. Like in the environment I work in, I'm, uh, w- you know, everyone's always working to automate and to make things as fluid as possible on both editorial and and uh, engineering sides. But if, if you're in an environment like I was I was an art director at a uh, fashion company for a while and I automated my entire job to a point where anyone could do it. <laughs> and that's when I decided to leave. But, you know, like in an environment where it's not technical where it's not you know default to automate everything people really do uh latch on to the ideas like i've always like i worked factory jobs and i was always coming up with ideas to increase the efficiency of factory work especially the manual labor in factories and i I found people really open to that kind of uh tweaking Mm -hmm. hacking yeah, then it's it's. Uh, I know I I've, <clears throat> I can remember. I think that's probably n- the nature of uh, a lot of us sort of computer nerds. Is kind of like there's a process I'm doing where the, like I remember entering. This is way off the trail of podcasting, so I apologize. But the entering uh, uh, data into like a tax forms or whatever for people at a, a job I had, and and spending like the most of the morning actually trying to figure out a quicker way to do it with you know auto entry or whatever it was way back in the day on Windows, and uh, rather than just by the time I was finished all that and didn't actually have to do any more, I could have probably been finished originally. <laughs> right. But then you can sell the idea to your boss and get a raise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think at the time the, the boss was my dad and he was probably just like annoyed that I <laughs> spent a waste of time on coding something up that nobody else was gonna, ever going to touch. But I hear you. One thing that one other project just as I'm looking through here that would, would appeal to listeners is uh, Cough Button. Um, which is a neat kind of just quick little script that allows you to... <clears throat> If I was coughing, like I just did, <laughs> that wasn't planned. That was apropos. Yeah. It doesn't actually, uh, anyways, it, the script allows you to mute uh, Skype quickly with, and on the Mac, anyways, using, in your case, you set it up for option F5, so it mutes, right? It might- right. Well, the, the script itself is, um, it can work with a variety of muting methods, but it lets you use your iPhone as the cough button. Oh, right. So you can set your iPhone on a soft surface where it's not going to make any noise, and then you can just tap it to mute permanently or tap and hold to use it like a cough button. So when you let go, it unmutes. Nifty. Yeah. So then it would actually work. Cause I was just thinking it wouldn't work for me with, um, cause I have my, the Skype call to you is on a Mac mini. And, and so the audio running to you, it's, you know, convoluted setup that way, but I could actually still use that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it runs off a web server. Yeah. So anywhere, if you can put a web server on the same machine that has the ability to mute the microphone, you can make it work. It takes some hacking. It's a hack. <laughs> yeah, but it works.
works. Cool. Yeah, all sorts of good stuff in there that uh, people should check out. com slash projects is where you can find all that kind of stuff. So um, let's go back to, I guess, podcasting, since that's the point of the show. Uh, the gear that you're using these days for recording, um, you're uh, like we mentioned, you're with 5x5, but each host, each show, for the most part, is kind of on their own, as I understand anyways, to sort of decide and set up. I'm sure Dan has a a quality level that he likes to adhere to, but each show I think is and host is on their own as far as what gear they're using. So, what uh, what kind of microphone do you use? And sort of walked back from that. I use right now a Blue Yeti, uh, not the Yeti Pro, just the Yeti, and um, I have that on a, a boom arm PS One, I think, uh, mounted to my desk, and it's a USB microphone that runs into my MacBook Air. And that records uh, through Skype into call recorder. And that's pretty much, I have a pop filter on there. And then I, you know, I have all my like towels on my desk and things to reduce noise. But beyond that, it's pretty simple setup. Yeah. And, uh, and then do you do any, any editing or much editing of the shows that you're? Not as much anymore. I've gotten confident enough that people, people actually enjoy some mistakes you know, as long as it's not like horrible noises and I, I don't mind stuttering a little bit. And I used to edit all that out very carefully. But these days I pretty much I post straight to uh, I, I should say I send it to the audio editor at five by five and he does the EQ and stuff, which if I were publishing directly, I would definitely stop and and balance the tracks and run EQ and noise reduction but that stuff i don't have to worry about i only have to worry about edit cuts uh gotcha so you get to yeah that's the benefit i guess of the five by five affiliation you get to that is a benefit <laughs> of the five by five affiliation yeah <laughs> and uh um so yeah he handles he or she whoever it is handles the that angle on it but uh but again going back to what we talked about originally i think is that that aspect of, of being confident in the show and, and your abilities to, and your listeners' abilities to sort of follow along with the kind of show that you're, you have. And I guess, you know, 57 episodes in, your, your audience at that point is kind of like either you're here because you, you're still around because you enjoy it the way that, say, in your case, you do the show or not. And, and they've, they're obviously free to load up the prompt or another 5x5 five five show. If they, yeah. If they so desire. Yeah. So what are the, the uh, plans, I guess, going forward for systematic, do you, something I've talked about with other hosts and, and guests on this show is, is sort of the idea of, is it a in, intermittent or uh, infinite, sorry, is the other I word I'm looking for. Uh, intermittent. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I would edit this out if I was professional uh, show that's going to go on forever. Let's, let's just use that. Or do you have sort of an end goal in mind or a certain, some people are like, you know, I want to have a guest that this, guest x y or z that i really want to have on and then i'll know the show is done what's yeah no i don't i don't have an end uh it's not laid out i'm sure it will end but at this point i i could just keep doing it as i'm doing it i do have plans to start uh tapping my audience more for guests um i'm gonna start uh keeping a running list of topics that i find intriguing and ask for people to submit themselves or people they know as potential people to talk about that topic, people who are, you know, vastly qualified to teach me things. 
and uh, and let uh, let the guest list kind of grow that way for a while. Like I really enjoy meeting like celebrity guests and and people that I have long admired and will continue to try to try my best to bring those people to the show. But I also really like the diversity of bringing on someone no one's ever heard of before. But, you know, that turns out to be really interesting, really knowledgeable, fun to listen to. That isn't part of the whole like the podcast circle. Because we all tend to have the same guests on eventually. I think Merlin Mann has been my only repeat so far, but he's interesting enough to to be worth two shows, maybe <laughs> maybe more in the future. Yeah, yeah. I think my my only repeat so far on this show, anyways, is is Mike Hurley. But yeah, it kind of uh, it we do kind of like stay within the safe circles, I think. And especially, I think I don't know about you, and you you seem like again like the kind of guy who's fairly re- you are the kind of guy who's fairly relaxed about this. But there is that a bit of that nerve of like nervousness that you know a guest coming on and hopefully they talk well yeah and, yeah uh, and not just sort of end the show with and and have a decent internet connection and own at least a headset like these are all things that when i work with people that i've never heard of i have to at a week or two in advance have to check their equipment list and everything to make sure that we actually can technically pull this off and then just pray that they are uh well-spoken and interesting Right. Yeah. But I have not been let down yet. Oh, there you go. And that's, uh, which goes to the other point, I guess, in terms of having random, uh, seemingly unknown, you know, and again, it, this being the internet, there's somebody's probably known somewhere and just might not be known in, in your circles or my circles or whatever. But, um, you know, a show, dep- it doesn't depend on popularity, but, it, you know, you do depend on a certain amount of listeners or sponsors at, at play in, in terms of your show. And, right. uh, and is there, do you sort of have you found, I guess, with in terms of numbers and downloads and things like that, um, that your show kind of has a base level that always kind of tune, tunes in, and then when you have someone like a Merlin Man or a you know a Rob Cordrio, I'd imagine or whatever, you see the big spike, but you're kind of confident enough with your your base audience that that shows up week to week. I will tell you honestly that I would love to know those numbers, Dan, um, but I have not. Uh, I have not seen numbers for my shows since maybe episode 13. Like, I have no idea. I mean, I'm given a rough number, like an average number of listeners that I can go by. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know how it fluctuates. And I would I I think that it would be extremely helpful to have that data. And and yes, my my uh, my decisions and and choices would probably be greatly influenced if I could see how different types of guests affected those numbers. Can you tell this is a sore spot for me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can, especially being the kind of guy like uh, stats, technical numbers down, you know, all that kind of stuff is important to you on a, you know, like we all don't, nobody admits that they, you know, check their Twitter followers every couple of days, but you, everybody does. And, oh yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's not so much the number itself. It's just whether it's changed and how it changed and why it changed. And that's all interesting. And, to me anyways, like the analytics on a website is, it's not so much that there's thousands of people visiting. It's just, you know, when you post this and then this happens and you want to sort of figure out correlation and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I, I dig into, I, if I could have Google analytics running on my five by five page, I'd be super happy because I have had way too many rabbit holes happen in Google analytics lately because I've just now begun to realize the depth of 
or the wealth of information available there. You know, it's not just visit counts. It's you can track all different types of clicks and you can say, like, I have these logos at the top of my site. Which one gets clicked more? And then where do they go from there? And then cross-reference that against where they came from. And you can build graphs that are nuts. <laughs> yeah. And so what, as a podcaster, speaking as a podcaster, what kind of stats there kind of appeal to you besides just the number, the download number? Because you you don't have... Uh, like you said, you don't really have control over the five by five page per se, like in terms of you know structure of the page itself, aside from your content block, I would imagine. Right. Um, and whether it's like we're we're talking five by five, but it could be somebody who has is maybe looking at hosting with Mule or with another show podcast network or doing their own thing or whatever. But um, what kind of stuff sort of appeals to you in in terms of having access to that kind of analytics? Well, and I don't even know what's available, but if I could see at what point people stop listening. It, you know, like download counts are a good overall indicator. But if you could tell a percentage listened to of each podcast, that would be such a valuable tool. Because if, if, if you know, 30,000 people download it, but 10,000 of those stop listening after five minutes, that's a very different statistic. Yeah, exactly. And that's, which that's where it's interesting with, um, uh, third-party companies like we're not third-party we're not talking about anyway. <laughs> it's not it's they're all first-party companies to themselves but companies like youtube and i think soundcloud does this as well if you pay for their pro plan or whatever where you know on youtube you upload a video and you can see that it gives you the stats on after one minute you know and it shows you the frame this is when 60 people dropped off and you can realize is it that, really yeah and so you can re- recognize like, oh, when my face appears, that's when everything disappears or <laughs> or whatever. Or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Everyone gave up after I after I left the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be that's a very good point on on the whole podcasting thing cuz uh, we don't I mean I I host with Libsyn and so I get uh, I do get good stats. They're really good at tracking those kind of stats and and doing a bit of like uh, what's the word like when if someone requests it on a web server from one point and they refresh right away and um it doesn't count that again or something like that anyways just some of that kind of stuff and then um tracking where like what kind of devices you're getting uh what kind of devices are hitting your page and downloading and all that kind of stuff but there isn't a timeline of you know because there's no way to obviously if somebody downloads to itunes and our podcast player on their ios device we don't have a way of then reaching out to that podcast player and saying you know when did they stop at this point and why and that kind of thing, but I wonder if any of the podcast players report that. But there's no central reporting system, so why would they? Yeah, like I could see the guys behind uh, or guy, I think behind Instacast, they're doing something interesting with trying to develop new standards in podcast playing and stuff with their service. So I could see them doing something like that. Where they're, but again, then they if they control the players, they can they can send all that, whatever kind of data they want back and forth. But but obviously, once you're outside of that system, you're back to where we are today. But interesting interesting space anyways so um which brings up i guess an interesting point i guess with with the stats that you you don't have i think in some ways you you said like you know it would, it would probably affect your your um who you choose or how you choose guests maybe if you knew better that actually merlin just to pick on merlin because i know he can take it <laughs> he, he uh let's say he doesn't actually bring bring in a big audience everybody turns away because they've heard so much of merlin or whatever and so that your episode two with merlin actually was like you know half the normal listeners that you would have on let's say or just obviously i'm sure it wasn't but that kind of idea and and uh there's a bit of like maybe naive 
uh, naivety that helps that uh, wouldn't wouldn't um, influence your your decisions on who you have on and, and and not. And I do feel like part of the charm of systematic is that I don't have a clue. <laughs> I that's feel a, I feel like uh, one of the things that makes it interesting is I'm not basing my decisions on a I don't listen to many other podcasts. So I'm not influenced by what other people are doing. And B, I don't know what effect anything I'm doing has other than the letters I get in response, which are, you know, universally positive for the most part, universally for the most part, slightly a contradiction. But um <laughs> But, you know, it's there's something to be said for just winging it if, if it works, you know, and it seems to be working based on the average numbers I get. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely. And that's uh, <laughs> that's a good little tagline for the show is like not having a clue, but uh, but it works, um, which I guess maybe that uh, kind of you're kind of like working operating in a. In a, not a vacuum per se, like it's not like you're completely unplugged from anything else that's going on, but you, by not having those sort of cultural influences or whatever, it's a bit like some like a movie maker who doesn't watch a bunch of other movies is going to make a very different movie than someone who's really informed and plugged into pop culture and references. Right, and, and or, like or a computer company that doesn't do product testing. Right. It, I, I always... In my head, I don't make this comparison out loud very often, but that's one of the things I love about Apple is they they don't they don't pay attention uh, during product development to what consumers think they want. They make what they would want and then hand it to consumers. And they don't do product testing. They don't go out and do focus groups and all of that. And I feel like that is that is the primary differentiating factor when you look at, well, everyone else is rushing to bring ultra books and things to the market. They come out with the iPad and say, no, you know, this is what we think. So I, I, I think that kind of vacuum intentional like bubble works pretty well. Yeah. And then you still at the end of the day, they still come up for air and say, you know, how many iPads did we actually sell? And well, it's sure. just working. But yeah. That and idea. they'll they'll iterate they'll iterate after a release yeah based on you know problematic feedback and whatnot but not during the development cycle yeah which leads to things you know you have the not to go too far down the apple hole but you have the you know things like the cube let's say who were they thought was going to be this big thing but wasn't really a big thing and and there's <laughs> we won't go into all that but that that idea I guess of uh, sometimes you miss but often yes. especially when you gather a group of really smart folks like they do together you get really awesome things that come out of that process. So, uh, so is, I guess in follow-up to that is systematic something that you're, how are you iterating on it and how is it, how has it changed in your mind? Uh, besides maybe some of the technical aspects of it, of the way you've done it or whatever, but how has it changed from episode one to, to 57? I've actually, I've, I've relinquished structure a little bit. And as I've gotten more confident with just doing an hour of chatting um, I've kind of let go of the idea of having to have this structured outline at the beginning of the show. I literally write down three topics that during our 10 minute pre-show chat, three topics that are general enough that I feel like could take up a segment. And I just, I roll with those and, and I lo- no longer ask a bunch of questions in the pre-show and, and then try to hit them all during the episode. And sponsor reads have become second nature to me. I used to stutter through them and 
they were the bane of my podcasting existence. And now they're it's just something I do. And I actually kind of enjoy doing them. Um, and so really, I would say that the 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 podcast has devolved into a more fluid uh, amoeba state that I I enjoy doing more than I did when I first started. Right. And that's where I think um, there's two things I wanted to ask you about. Uh, there was one, I remember one episode, I can't remember now what it was. I remember listening to it. I don't remember what episode number it was. I think, I feel like it was 17 or something, but I remember a bunch of people all of a sudden tweeting out like saying, hey, you have to listen to Brett's sponsor read on it. Like they weren't talking about the show, which I mean, was probably good, but they were like, everybody was talking about how you read a sponsor read. And that was like- I the- had, I, well, I had to insert them a couple weeks because I didn't have the scripts in time. Right. So I figure if I'm inserting anyway, I might as well, you know, drop my voice down three semitones and make a Barry White commercial out of it, (laughs) you know, or read them really fast over bluegrass music. And I had fun with them. Yeah. (laughs) So I was probably back somewhere in that, whatever, 20, episode 20 area, somewhere I would guess. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think that's the reason that 5 by 5 started always making sure we had scripts by Friday. (laughs) So that maybe the feedback from the sponsors wasn't quite as. Although I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. the The listeners loved it. I I couldn't <laughs> say what the sponsors thought. Yeah, which again, that's a. I mean, it's a good kind of place to be. In a, on the one hand, you know, uh, where you're, you're a bit removed from the the money, so to speak, and being influenced in that way. Not that you sound like a kind of guy who would be easily influenced <laughs> by them, but but at the same point, you know, if Dan came to you and said, well. Whoever Squarespace isn't going to pay if you keep putting bluegrass behind there, <laughs> you might have to change that a little bit. And you, you know, try. Blue. I should actually talk to Squarespace because there's there the the Barry White Squarespace read was by far my favorite one, <laughs> and I would love to know if they ever heard it and what they thought, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, I was just googling to see if Barry White Squarespace read actually made it, but I don't think so. <laughs> I I, la- I labeled it as Barry Terpstra. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but that wasn't published anywhere. That yeah. was just my Twitter response to it. <laughs> Apparently, there's a YouTube video of Barry White has trouble reading, which is hilarious, but <laughs> not not quite the same thing. Um, the the idea of not preparing for the show. I'm just curious now because I'd mentioned Rob Corgi was an episode that I'd listened to a few weeks back now. But um, uh, would that have held true for that one? Can you repeat the question? Sorry, like the idea of not preparing for uh, for a, a oh, show. Oh yeah, actually, totally. Um, I think the the more famous a guest is, the less I want to just hit them with the same interview questions that they probably get every time they do an interview, and I'd rather let them guide the conversation to what they're actually interested in. So I feel like doing too much research and hitting on too many points that I found on the internet would really drown the potential for finding what's really interesting to those guests. Yeah. And you, you had some familiarity with him, right? Like, I'm assuming, oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, but I liked, I, there was something I can, I don't remember what it was again exactly, but this, I guess points to the fact that I'm not doing meticulous research either, that I didn't have it pull quoted here and, you know, referenced exact audio minutes when this happened in the show. But, um, but there's something where you like you were referencing a movie that you thought he might have been in or something like that, and and he kind of corrected you on what movie he was in or something. And it's kind of like one of those moments where on you know the nightly news or whatever some interview show 
on TV or some, or talk radio where they'd be like, the producer would have gotten fired because they didn't have the right <laughs> show he was on. And he just obviously, you know, it points to the fact that obviously he's a human. And he's, yeah. he's not like above reproach in that sense, which I mean, so I'm sure some Hollywood celebs you could have on a podcast, they'd be like, they'd shut off their machine as soon as somebody got it wrong. But so it speaks a bit to him. But I mean, that idea, I guess, of like, you know, just it's a conversation between two folks and there's times just like you and I are having where I forget a little detail about you or something you've done and it's okay and you just roll with it. And, and it, uh, it, it, it lends credibility in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love Not how much stupid. of a nerd he is on, on that stuff. I like, know. <laughs> I know. He, he and David Wayne both are just, they are more like us than most like people working in the programming profession and not in Hollywood uh, would realize, but they are very nerdy and they love things like fountain using uh, like Markdown esque yeah. uh, language to write screenplays and things. And they're applying the same things that I do every day to Hollywood. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. That's what was so interesting. I think listening to, to that chat and cause you obviously, you kind of do think like, well, no, our world is, is completely separate from theirs. And he has people who, do his thing for him or whatever yeah, right. <laughs> but uh but no definitely an interesting interesting chat and, and definitely you should go listen to it it was episode 35 of of systematic uh, which again links will be in the show notes um well the one thing i i usually chat with most folks about and you kind of mentioned that you don't really so i don't know how long this segment will go but uh do you listen to i often ask folks what podcasts they listen to um and shows that they recommend or, or want to sort of give shout outs to kind of like your three picks at the end of your of systematic, this would be the podcast picks of the week. But uh, do you have other shows that you ever listen uh, to? This, this is uh, quite likely going to be embarrassing, but um, <laughs> I get like back to work is one of my favorites out of the few that I've actually listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy, I'll listen to, a couple episodes at a time when I'm driving to like the airport is two hours away from me. So I often have some time to kill and that's when I do most of my podcast listening and back to work's my favorite for that. Um, the new one, uh, that, uh, that Vatici's on, is it, is that the prompt? Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, Mike and yeah. I've only listened to one episode of that so far, but I really did enjoy it. I like those guys. Um, and beyond that, I I couldn't pick a favorite. Uh, what's the one? This see, this is where it's embarrassing because I don't even know the name of them. Um, um, the guy from Thirty Rock. Thirty. Rock. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, like Alec Baldwin. You mean? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. His here's, podcast. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Is outstanding. Yeah. That one I love. His guest when he had Billy Joel on. That was just, that was gold. Yeah, see, that's one episode I haven't listened to because I, and I, actually when I had Merlin on this show, he re, he referenced that sh- that episode as well of that show. Uh, I've listened to, I sort of cherry pick that show. I don't subscribe to it, but I just like. Yeah, me too. I, and so at first, to me, Billy Joel was kind of like, well, I don't care that much about Billy Joel, but everybody I talked to who's listened to that is like. How do you not care about Billy Joel? <laughs> Sore spot again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up, well, I remember being in like grade eight or grade seven and, and just hearing we didn't start the fire so many times. Oh, that, man. Yeah. I, I hated Billy Joel until I was like in my 20s. And then really, yeah. I listened to the, the Piano Man album over and over and over again. Right. 
And that's I can respect that coming. I just haven't uh, I haven't had my Billy Joel moment. I guess <laughs> if that's such a thing, it must probably be. it is a thing. Yeah. Maybe I, what I need to do is listen to "Here's the Thing" with Billy Joel, and then I'll have because that actually is something for me where I'll find out and like uh, I'll be the least interested in an artist or a musician or whatever, but then I'll hear their backstory, and then yeah, it's it context tells you yeah, totally. Context Which I think is everything. If I could be so smart as to make that analogy to back to your show, <laughs> as if I planned that, that I think it's that's what's so interesting about the way you do your show. It's not cut and dried, and not first A, then B, then C. It's just kind of a meandering approach to the person you happen to have on that week. Um, and I mean meandering in the best possible way because it's, you're, again, you're letting the guest and the discussion kind of lead where you go rather than sticking to a script that... Don't uh, feel bad. That's exactly the word I use to describe it to people. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, the other thing I ask folks is, speaking of my script here, <laughs> it's like, knock off the bullet points, but uh, the apps that you listen, when you do, the, the odd time you listen to... Uh, podcast what app are you listening to in mm, downcast is the only one i've tried aside from the podcast app there you go and it, it, i like it it works yeah i don't have any strong preference so not having tried anything i could compare it to yeah i guess if it's which it is interesting like um going to the, the type of person you are in your other air pursuits to not be as picky or as not maybe not picky is the right word but meticulous i guess about the app you're listening to and, and how you're listening and all that kind of stuff. But I guess if you're not really listening that often, it's exactly. Kind of if like, I were listening to more podcasts, if it were like a daily thing for me, I would have researched this thoroughly, <laughs> but it just isn't have a, have a 16 blog post series on podcast <laughs> app listening. <laughs> We'd probably have some really great, uh, the one thing that's missing in one of the things that's missing in the podcasting world, I feel is, is a way for listeners to reference a podcast. And there's, there's things like, um, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, like say this yeah. at, at 42 minutes of this show, yeah, Chris started actually, talking on this. I like, can't remember the name of the JavaScript, but I got Dan to install it on the five by five pages and you can, uh, I'm having trouble remembering how it works now because it's got some glitches for us, but you could put like a hash and then like five M or, or like, yeah, like five colon 22. And when the page loaded, it would jump to the five minute, 22 second mark. Oh, like Dave Rupert's uh, time jump thing? I don't remember who made it. He did one and actually famously Dan went off on the, the GitHub page on when I had him on the show because it had a moving background. But uh, that's definitely sounds like what he did, like de- drop in deep linking for audio and video podcasts, um, which. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually, yeah, like that's actually based on, I think, what YouTube has done where you can put a question mark. Oh, maybe it's a different one because he uses the syntax of question mark T equals and then say one minute, one M, 23 seconds. Uh Uh-oh. I was like, did I leave my music playing? (laughs) I was just killing time. There's some folks listening live, so I thought I'd put some appropriate music (laughs) on. I was just about to pick the next song, so I'll uh, I'll kill that so I don't get sued by somebody. But uh, all right, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Or somewhere along the line, that's your next song. Somewhere along the line. Okay. Yes. I'll get that queued up for the the outro, as it were. Um. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> we were we were talking about the the time jump thing and, and deep linking to podcasts and stuff. We'll we'll maybe save. Uh, deeper discussions for next time. I thought just to have you come back. Uh, so if my internet dropped out here, completely uh, pooped the bed, as they say. 
I think that's a technical term. Um, and uh, so in wrapping up, <laughs> quick little wrap up ending, uh, where can folks find you, follow you on the, on the webs? Brett? I am, I am TT scoff everywhere. Um, except for at brettterpster.com where I'm just Brett. <laughs> and of course your podcast at five by five dot TV slash systematic, uh, episode 57 as of this recording and more to come. Any, any, uh, teasers you want to lay out for future guests or, or have you planned that far in advance? I have, uh, Oh, Tim Stevens, formerly of Engadget chief editor in chief is going to be on soon. Um, I'm really excited to talk to him and, and then I have uh, a couple of uh, listeners that have contacted me that are, you know, ex- excel in their field. And I'm looking forward to having some chats about uh, some pretty nerdy stuff. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Brett, for joining me on Show Me Your Mic. And uh, I am, of course, I, Chris, on Twitter, SSKTN on Twitter and the Facebooks and all that kind of stuff. You can follow and like and, and all that kind of thing along there. And uh, be sure to visit SSKTN.com for past interviews with other guests on Show Me Your Mic, as well as a couple other shows. We just recently launched a show with myself and Tim Smith and Adam Clark, the uh, intellectual radio program, which is not on the radio and not intellectual, but it's a program. So one out of three ain't bad <laughs> as Meatloaf. No, he was two out of three, I think. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and... Uh, yeah, a bunch of other shows there. Of course, you can find it on there. And uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com slash SSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters, as well as learn about other shows we produce, such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in Lemon. <laughs>